0: Felicia was my you princess, has been entertaining be audiences problems. with a unique Joey style
1: of provocative humor since the 90s, all right? Years. With her tongue-in-cheek, she's television. been exploring such topics of the dynamics as of
2: the male-female relationships, the from or as past, we call them here in the studio, dirty thoughts, that will make and the proliferation a different of the sensual She's a little firecracker rolled up, and that's why I love her, and that's why you're going to love listening, so tune in, all right?
1: You know, I uh, just got back from Canada yesterday where I had a fantastic fucking time. And I just wanted to tell you that uh, the Canadians love Joey Diaz.
2: The Canadians love Felicia Michaels.
1: Wow, the Canadians kind of like Beauty and the Beast. Yes,
2: they do. Yeah. If, you, if you look at the charts and the breakdowns of where our people come from, our main base of people that dig us, it's Canada and the UK. They love me because I can't go there. do you understand me what I'm saying to you they love me because they really can't have I can't go up there and fuck around with them if I was up there every other month nobody would come see me I'd be another fat fucking American a fat Cuban but you know it goes deeper than that it goes like the Canadians like the Cubans they go to Cuba because when I used to work Toronto 11 years ago you had to stay for two weeks at a shop uh-huh. Felicia, 11 years ago. I don't even know where my material was at. I don't even know what time. I remember I used was this
1: before your troubles in Seattle?
2: No, this is after the troubles in Seattle. Oh, So it was really weird. Uh, uh, I was sneaking into, uh, this was before 9-11. Oh,
1: you were sneaking in. Right, this uh, was before 9 Remember 9/11. the good old days when you could sneak, sneak into, into
2: Like this. All yeah. I had to do was fly up to Buffalo. My fr- This is how crazy this was. My friend in Florida was dating a girl in Florida from Buffalo. And I was telling him the story that I was going to Buffalo. I didn't know how to get it through. He goes, dog, done. Done. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, listen, I date this Italian girl, and their family's fucking nuts. The father is retired, but he goes into Canada every day to gamble to a casino. He'll be more than happy to take you. It was the dead of the winter. The guy picked me up, him and his wife, like they were my parents. I mean, it was the weirdest thing. No, te- <laughs> no cell phones then, no yeah, nothing. Yeah. Like, I had a call him from the airport, and they're like, we'll be right there. And they picked me up, and... They took me to their home, never met me before. This was all on the boyfriend's hearsay. Went to their house. They said, Do you want to take a shower and freshen up? I was like, sure. I'd been on a plane for seven hours, six hours. They made me like spaghetti and meatballs. They talked to me for a little while and they go, What time you want to go? And I go, whenever you want. They go, let's go. And they had a, a pass on their window that they didn't even have to stop at the customs. They just would uh go right through, you know, and I would he would drop me off in Ontario and I would take the bus from Ontario to Toronto. And do the two weeks. But even then, with no credits, no nothing, they would book me for two weeks in a row, and I would go the first week, and I'd have a men's menza a week. Uh-huh. The second week, it'd be sold out. Yeah. Because it's the style. It's 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 something that it's they like it. It's louder. It's obnoxious. You know, I'm not yeah, saying Canadians yeah. are obnoxious, but that's the way it is. The UK, too. Fuck you, bloody this. You know your bloody cunt. You know they like oh, me. Yeah. No, you no, understand no. me? So I know just this is pati-
1: about Canada. Like if, yeah. you, if they're, they're not going to be that polite. No, yeah, they're, they're great. Throw some honesty no, up on the stage. No, they're great. At you. Yeah. I've heard
2: people say, you know what? We go to Toronto to illustrate New York when we're shooting, and the people in Toronto a little bit more straightforward than the people in New York. I told you the best strip club I've ever been to, besides the Meadowlands Inn, where they stuck bananas in that pussy was Toronto, Canada, right there on Moore Street.
1: You know what they call when a woman sticks a banana in her pussy? What's that? Chunky monkey. Oh, shit.
2: Oh, shit. (laughs) So what happened in Canada when you were up there? Talk to me.
1: Uh, Well, Canada, you know, uh, because I had the operation uh, five weeks ago, and I was a little nervous about the gig. Uh, and, I, and it was in Edmonton and uh, I was nervous about my energy for two shows like on Friday and Saturday I was nervous for that and you know I hadn't worked in a in a long time as a headliner since like uh, March so that's kind of a long time it's you know it's, time. it's you get a little nervous you know and uh, so the first night Thursday was fine you know uh, the second and I had a great time on a radio station with these three guys uh, and then the second time on Friday first show I was just a little bit off my game, you know, and uh and speaking of Canadians being honest, and uh, and I was I come out and I did okay, but then I got too ballsy and I did a new joke, and the joke I couldn't remember the fucking punchline, you know, because I was all like, oh fuck, because you know how I am sometimes, right? And uh, and then uh, people were getting were really rowdy that show, pretty much up front. The early right? show. The early show, yeah, which yeah. is very fucking rare. Crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm saying to yeah. you. This is why
2: I fit right in. Because yeah,
1: yeah, it was it was, and I was like, whoa, because I wasn't expecting it, because I thought, oh, the second show is when I'm going to have to have a Cosmo and fucking you know brace myself you know what I mean but uh so this guy yells out are you nervous and no one's ever yelled out ever to me uh to me before and I was just kind of standing there like whoa I can't believe a guy just said that that's so weird and then uh, uh the crowd started to get restless and then I had to spank the guy to put him to bed and you know I did fine the rest of the show and I had a great set. But. Uh, it really threw me off my game, and it made me like a little bit self-conscious because the middle was this young kid named Jordan Chisowski, and he's Canadian. He's from Edmonton. That's where death. he
2: was. Deaf. He knows he, the local references. That's Right, death. and you
1: know what? Yeah. He's talented. You know, talented. He, talented, yeah. No, he knows what, the local references. It's always the luck
2: when you haven't yeah. been on stage for four months that they put fucking Johnny Heat in front of you to work it all week, and you're sitting back there going, man, I haven't been on stage. And, and I know what you went through the first yeah, night. The first, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so
1: then, and uh, and Jordan is a very strong act, and he did quite well, and the ladies like him, and all that kind of jazz. And then uh, uh, what? And he uh, and uh, he's cocky with it in a, in the perfect kind of way. Like that's how you should be when you're 22. He's 22. He's been on stage a year and a half, and he's already at that point, right? So you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? So, uh, so I was kind of feeling like, oh. And then Saturday I had uh, really good sets, but uh, and he's real strong. And then Sunday, uh, uh, you know, because you pride yourself, like I have to be the best I can be. You know what I mean? Like you don't want uh, the middle or the
2: you don't want the, leave the yeah, open
1: yeah. micers, like,
0: oh, oh, you know
1: what I mean? So, so then Sunday I walk in and it was a tough crowd. Like everyone ate it on the show. You know what I mean? And. It was just uh, you. Could, you you could just dread it, you know. And I thought this is a good uh, thing to bring up because it's like anything that happens to you in life. Like you have a couple of days where you're just projecting a bunch of bullshit, like oh that person thinks I suck and this person, and why aren't there, you know? But it could be about anything in your life. And then you get then you'll have another day where you're even going into a worse situation, thinking oh this is gonna suck. And you know what? On Sunday night. I go on stage and weirdly have the best set in my entire life. Joey, I got a little bit of a standing ovation afterwards, you know? And, and, And I thought about it as I got up four hours later to fly home to be with my children where they'll greet me with hugs and sloppy kisses and then demand to know why they can't play M games anymore. But I was thinking that whole trip back home like, like wow that i i do that a lot i go into a situation and i pick out everything that's negative you know what i mean because i'm so insecure like and i have to defend myself against this and be aware of that when when the truth is uh you're just having a, a couple of shitty days and then the next day could be the best day in your entire life you know what i mean
2: it's uh that's beautiful because i do the same thing That's a great analogy. But you had a great time.
1: I had a great time. And uh, uh, I had a really great time because I learned, you know, and I. uh, You learned
2: about yourself a little bit. Yeah, And it's amazing that when you do anything in life and you Mm -hmm. learn about your limitations, that it really fucks with you for a couple of days. Like, wow, I did that. I did. Remember when you first started Comedy Felicia and you did eight minutes, then 13. Yeah. Then 22. And then one night you were the middle, but the headline didn't show up. And the guy's like, stretch, bitch. And you did 48 minutes. And you walked off stage floating. Like, you couldn't even fold to go into your car. Like, mm-hmm. how long did I do? 48 minutes, Joey. And you sit. It's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. The limits. Yeah. You know, and it's with anything. You know, last week, you know, when I first started this little exercise program four years ago, I remember one day the bar had no weight on it. And that's 35 pounds or uh-huh. 45 pounds or something. And I go, let me just try this. Here I am 400 pounds. I couldn't lift 45 pounds. Like, I had no strength. And the other day, was I telling you this? I was uh. telling my wife the other day, some guy was lifting at the Y, and he had 135 pounds on the thing, and I was outside hitting the bag. And as I walk in, he goes, Hey, I'm done here. I go, You know what? Leave that on for a second. I go, Do you have five minutes? Can you spot me? And I told him the whole story. I go, I've been fucked up for four years, and I just want to try this. He goes, Go ahead. I benched it like four times.
1: Oh, really? So
2: it's like. Here I was scared to even go close to the 35-pound weights, the 45-pound the, the plates. So that changed my whole outlook for a couple of days. Like, now I want to go to an aerobics class in the morning. Like, the last two days, like I've been gearing up to go to, like, a, a step class, like at 6.15, mm-hmm. like a total body tone, because I feel I won't pass out, you know? Like, you never know. And when you feel you could push, you have gone the limit, like, you know, Felicia, tonight, if I can make it to 32 minutes, I'd be fucking happy. Yeah. If you, you know those nights. Oh, yeah, you fucking yeah, yeah, know those yeah. nights when you're like, Joey, I can't believe you got me out of the house. I haven't been on stage in a week, and now how long do I have to do it? I'll fuck with you. Oh, you gotta yeah, do 48 yeah, yeah. minutes. Joey, Jesus fucking Christ. It's hard, sudden, yeah. It's like, yeah. you gotta 18, just do 18, Felicia. And yeah. at 18, you're like, fuck you, I'm not getting off. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And you're yeah. like, but all of a sudden you get off there, and it, and it, it changes your whole outlook for a week. Yeah. you know like it, you just have that glow like you just got the best fucking piece of ass you've ever gotten and sparkles came out of there oh absolutely know. right yeah. it's, a, it's an amazing <laughs> feeling when you see your limitations I always fuck around talk shit about Jennifer Aniston, but people always take me in the wrong content, like I'm mad at Jennifer Aniston because she's so hot, and she let that fucking Momo steal her husband, like I'm still pissed at her, like I would have demanded, like I would have gone over there and said before anything I'm going to throw you the biggest piece of pussy, and remember I told you I didn't suck cock, well I'm going to suck the vine out, I'm going to suck the bone out of that fucking boner, I didn't like that she just laid down in the magazines, made all these tabloids about it and they follow her, that's the part of Jennifer Aniston I don't like. But I like the other part of her. And yesterday, I was watching the actor's studio. I was folding clothes. I was doing laundry. You know how you fold mm-hmm. clothes? And I was just going. I was killing time. And I was going through and I was in the actor's studio. And I clicked it on. And sometimes I don't even give a fuck who's on. I just put it on and listen.
0: Right. Just
2: to listen. Even if I don't like the, the actor. And she was talking about, what a great story. She was talking about when she fucking came here. Like, she did some fucked up movie about a leprechaun where she had a oh, yell. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And they
2: asked her, like, what would you think about that? And she's like, so tell us about Friends. And she goes, well, here it is, plain and simple. I was having doubts. She goes, I was having fucking doubts. Doubts about everything. My life, I was 26. You know, should I just go have a kid? She goes, you're a fucking woman, and I'm, I'm in L.A., I have fucking casting calls. You know, and she goes, you really start to think about your womanhood and all. And she goes, I was in this weird place, and all of a sudden I got a call to go read for this fucking pilot. And she goes, that was a Tuesday at one something in the afternoon. And that Wednesday, they knew it. I had the job. And Friday, the producer took us all to Vegas, sat us down for dinner. And at the end of dinner, he goes, here's $500 cash apiece. Go walk in that casino because that's the last time you're ever going to be able to walk in a casino again. How fucking crazy.
1: Oh, wow. He goes, wow. go spend
2: every dime and enjoy mm-hmm. yourself. Because remember what I'm telling you, that's the last time you're ever going to be able to walk into a casino. And she spoke about what she's given up in her life. She gave up her life of fame in a way, how she has no privacy. You know, the whole thing about right. that. But it was such an amazing story how somebody just said be yeah, do you Like I love all those little things. Uh-huh. That's why I love Rocky. Last weekend, Rocky, the Fourth of July weekend, Rocky was on, and people watch these movies and they talk about this part and how tough he was. There's one part in Rocky that is so brilliant that you don't catch. Nobody catches it when the loan shark, this street piece of shit, goes up to him and he goes, "Here's 500 bucks," and he goes, "I don't think I'll be able to pay you back." And he goes, "It's not a loan. It's a gift." He goes it towards your tranny. He goes, and he turns around and he goes, you know what, I think lady luck is in your corner for the first time in your life. When people say those little things mm-hmm. to you, they just, and that's part of what you're saying, you know, just that something happens that changes you. Forever, what a great fucking thing, you know what I'm saying?
1: So. Yeah. By the way, I, I, you know, I don't mean to defend Jennifer Aniston. no. no but no, no, I, I just, like her movies. And yeah, I no, think, I, like, you know, bro, good for her. I watch Rockstar. I could tell when I watch her, she's not my type of chick, and I'm not. No, her type I of could chick, tell. But, I could tell. But, but, brother. but, in defense of her, how can you win against Angelina Jolie? Look, if your husband stars fucking uh, Angelina Jolie or a chick of that magnitude, you you know you can't get that back. You know what I mean? Yes, Unless you're going to embarrass yourself. Now you go can't. over there no. and throw that
2: monkey on them. No, like the no, big black kahuna. No. Let me tell you some. Jennifer no. Aniston is a very you got to
1: throw your monkey on someone to keep someone. very
2: very very attractive woman, and uh, that's why that's always baffles me. But anyway, we're back, bitches. <laughs>
1: Beauty and the Beast. That's
2: my girl, Felicia Michaels. Joey
1: Diaz.
2: I got this uh, email I got to talk to you about because it goes with, uh, you know me, I'm a celebrity rehab fan. We've had this discussion on the show. US Have US you watched US. this season at all? No, 0? no, no. It's fucking retarded. But the guy that's on the show that gets under my skin more than anything this year is Michael Lohan. Lindsay oh, Lohan's father. Oh, I saw a father.
1: commercial for that, yeah. Okay,
2: Lindsay Lohan's father is a pathetic guy that's trying to get this attention. And he'll do anything to get this attention you know like domestic violence and arguments and it just never ends so he's in there yesterday I'm watching the the. I taped it on Sunday and I was watching it last night and he's talking about prison now you guys don't understand there's these perverts and they put pictures of your daughters up and put a dick in her mouth and I gotta get sick and he fakes this whole like I'm sick and Dr. Drew with his fucking momo ass is like oh Michael you know like and, and I sat there and then I'm like this fucking idiot And then I went to bed and I got up this morning and I was answering some emails and we got an email from a gentleman in the UK that's a part-time, has a family and he uh, is a part-time electrician, you know, full-time electrician is where he has a business, but he also grows weed and he got busted for weed and he's got to go away now. And he contacted me and he goes, you know, uh, I love the podcast. I love what you and Felicia do. He goes, I was wondering if you could be my pen pal. weren't we talking about pen pals last um, week? Oh, really? And it broke my heart. Yeah. You know, it just got to me because I understand when you're inside. And I was like, absolutely. You know, let me know when you're going away. Uh, I'll give you my address and let's start this thing. But he also wrote, can you prepare me mentally for it? You know? And, and it's so weird what people think of prison and what it really is. It's just another day in the life. And, and we have a lot of young kids that listen to this show. And I'll fucking tell you. You know, I'll fucking tell you. Are there black guys raping people and shit? i never seen none of that stuff. I know that you have to walk a fine line because you're dealing with people that have no reason but to stab you. So I want you to understand, prepare yourself for that. Like, this guy at least, this electrician, they're telling him now a year in advance that he's going away. Me, I had it beat till the Friday before. So I was going on on sentencing Monday, and they called me Friday and told me the bad news at 4 in the afternoon. Would I have stayed if I would have had six months? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would have stayed. Would I have gone to another country and fought extradition or something? But it's really weird how you prepare yourself. And there's some people that can't handle that. It's like you're going through your surgery. It's the same kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. You're going away. You're going away for whatever, three years, which is 18 months. I'll tell you what, three days in jail is bad enough when you have a life. And everybody has a life. You have a kid somewhere, or a daughter, or a family, or somebody who loves you. It's always rough. But I was thinking about how to answer him to prepare. It really fucked with me. You know, it took me like an hour. Like, I had to smoke 10 joints and drink two cups of coffee. And I was like, what the fuck do you prepare? And how do you prepare? The only thing you could tell somebody about prison that, and I tell people, like, I went in there, and, I, and my chuck and jive continued. You know, I'm not going to lie the entire you. My chuck and jive continue. Yeah, you got into a couple fights because, like I said, there's people in there that have nothing to lose. They got 22 years, guy. They're looking for fucking shit, you know? And I just told them to do your own time and do it in your head and have a preparation when you go in there that what you want to come out like. Like, even though I was fucked up at the time on Blow on the bus ride in I thought about what I wanted to get out of this place I had never been in a situation like that before I had been in county jail you know a night there a bail here but it's fucking so weird because when you're in there you don't see rapists and people aren't going to fuck you in the ass but you have this reality that comes into your soul like this is life this is the other side of life you're not a human being you're just a fucking number and a piece of meat I said it before on the podcast there's nothing worse Felicia I don't know what I I feel to take your womanhood. Somebody would have to rape you, right? To really take your womanhood, like for me, it was somebody kicking my bed in the morning.
1: I can't answer that because uh, I've never been raped. I mean, and I mean that
2: like. But it's just imagine, like for me, I think the worst feeling ever was when people would kick the bed and wake me up, Felicia. That's horrible. Can you imagine me kicking your fucking bed in the morning, going, "Bitch, get the fuck up." You can't say nothing to me or do nothing to me. You know, those were the things that got to me the most. That it attacks your manhood. Like, you don't feel like a man no more. You're really a piece of fucking meat, you know. And no matter how hard you try to be a man, you're a fucking piece of meat. And that fucks with some people. That's why some people just stay in there. You know, and that's what I told them. I go, whatever you do, don't get caught up in that in the, in the, in the rattle of the bullshit. Do your own time because you have people that only want to come out for a week and then go back in there.
1: How long does he have to do? Did he say?
2: I think three years, you know. So I don't know how the English system works. I don't know how the English prison system works. I don't give a fuck. If they put you in Lompoc in San Francisco, where you play golf and you have your own room, it's still time. It's still time away from your loved ones. It's still time away from your life, you know. I I don't know what that is, you know. I don't know. At, At that time, I didn't have a life, really. Mm -hmm. I was just living for today. I was making money. I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing. I wasn't dealing with it. I was just, you know. But it's amazing when somebody takes your freedom away. It's a fucked up feeling, Felicia. And when you say it to somebody, you're like, oh, somebody takes your freedom. What's that fuck, Felicia? When somebody reads your letters before you get them. When somebody feels up your kids when they come to see you or your loved one. Can you imagine somebody feeling up your kids? You know how embarrassing that is. So those are the things that bother you more than the actual time the time after a while you become buddies with somebody you have the same interests whatever
0: the fuck you know so
2: all I can do is prepare you is that's it is just do your own time read some books do some push ups if you want to lose some do they really
1: play golf at Lompoc prison fuck yeah the federal fucking fucking prisons
2: they play tennis the federal prison system now is a little tighter. But in the 70s, you had furloughs, three-day furloughs. Your wife could come on the fucking property and fuck your brains out for three days in a trailer. Where I was, they made you go out and clean the roads. You know, you see people on the road. Were you on a chain suit. gang ever? For about three days. Then they realized I had a driver's license. So they said, you're useful to us. So what we want you to do is to take a truck. And go to all these sites, and then they'll give you the garbage, and you take it to a place in Golden. So I used to at least have freedom and drive around. You know what I'm saying? But for the first, from August to November, I didn't see daylight. Like I was up in Summit County Jail in Colorado, Mm -hmm. which was fucking great. That was, that was the playground. It was funny because I was thinking about a guy, Felicia. I never told you the story about a guy that I met in there. Just to let you know how fucking crazy the police is. this guy was a half a gangster from Brooklyn an older guy and he went to Colorado to, to leave like he had a warrant in New Jersey mm-hmm. or something like that and he got pinched in Colorado listen to this story and while he was in there he went to the police and they said listen man the mafia's looking for me I owe a bunch of money everybody know I'm in this fucking jail system I want to become uh, a witness for you guys and they were like yeah 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 this is eighty seven they're like yeah 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 yeah. what can you do and he goes let me out i can make buys at that time there were these guys from panama that were taking over colorado Mm -hmm. and he's like i know these guys personally he didn't know anybody he goes i know these guys personally i can make a buy i'll call them blah 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 no worries they were like all hot the feds came in they're like let them out they let this motherfucker out and he said i'll make some buys so he goes don't worry about it. Give me three days. Put a cop on me. Put a cop in my house. I'll set up a buy. He went to a payphone. He called some friend of his that was Spanish, and he said he talked in Spanish, like half Spanish, and he hung up and he goes, it's set for Monday at four o'clock at thirty thousand dollars cash. They set up this house. He he went and he goes. They won't tell me the location until Monday morning. Give me the thirty thousand. You can follow me there. He had the whole thing rigged, Felicia. He went into the front, and he had a friend for him waiting for him in the back, and he took off. He was on the run for two years before they fucking caught oh, him. Oh, really? So can you imagine that? He walked, and the feds never thought of covering the fucking back. He walked <laughs> through the front walked right out the back. He said he climbed the fence, and there was his buddy in a car, and they took off. He took his wire off, threw it on the fucking floor. The house was empty. It was a for-rented house. They broke in and put curtains on the front oh and put God. the house light in front. And the friend answered the door. They locked the door. They ran out the back and into some fucking car, and he was on the land for two years. He was in Summer County. <laughs> and for some reason the other day, I thought about that story. where they Oh, when they caught Whitey Bulger, they made such a big deal. Oh,
1: I was thinking about that when you were talking that story.
2: Bitch, you know, he was on the road for 16 years. What's the big deal? After 10, let him keep running. After 10, you didn't do your job. You ain't no fucking genius. You're the fucking FBI. It took you 16 years to fucking find what Whitey Bulger. And it's so weird. I've always said that. When you hide, don't hide. Go right in front of him. You got to go right in front of them because they never suspect that. I mean, he's a, he's from Boston, so they weren't looking. But they, he was on Santa Monica with dogs, walking them every day, waving at people. <laughs> Vote for me. That's crazy. <laughs> a half a million cash in this fucking house.
0: Yeah.
2: Sixteen fucking years. That's the other reason why I didn't run before those three days because they always catch you, in the yeah. and they always catch you at the worst time of your life. You know, because they, when you go to a hospital for stitches, they run your name. Yeah. And they fingerprint you there's a problem, right? In the fucking hospital, dog. There's no beef in the hospital. So what happens if you're driving your kids to school and you get into an accident? Boom, there you go. Yeah. You know, wait a second, your fingerprints came up as somebody else. We got to take you to fucking jail. So I don't want to get involved in anything like that, you know what I'm saying? But I just want to talk about that prison thing because television and the media always scare the fuck out of people. Like, oh, yeah. They yeah. always scare the fuck out of people. And if you're a man and you carry yourself the right way, nobody will mess with you. If you go in there playing games, they'll light you the fuck up. I was in there when they lit some people up. A lot of people in there make believe they're selling drugs, and they'll go to you and they'll go, listen, Felicia, call your wife, call your husband, and tell him to Federal Express $200 to my wife. And the next time she comes for a visit, she'll bring me an ounce of Coke, and I'll give it to you. I'm just mm-hmm. making up numbers, you know? Right. So a lot of times people just say that. You'll call your husband, get him to wire the money, or meet you on the outside. A lot of people meet on the outside there. And they'll give you money, they'll bring you in drugs. A lot of people don't even have drugs set up. They just want you to wire them the money. Right. And I've seen people like that get beat the fuck out Why
1: would they do that? That seems pretty stupid. Because
2: that's the way people are. Yeah. People You know, obviously they're in jail. They're not that much of a genius. They got caught somewhere along the line. I mean, let me tell you something. The smartest people I met were probably in prison. Really? Yeah, because, listen, no matter how smart you are, you're very smart when you're dealing with other things, you're dealing with other people, and that's when it gets ugly. That's why drugs are really bad, because you got to go out in your belly and sell them. you got to be out there dealing with people unless you're a kingpin or something. But even then, I don't know what Felicia's doing. What if Felicia goes to drop a kilo and she gets arrested? Mm -hmm. Then she comes back looking for another kilo with cash. She's been doing this for 20 years. That's how easy it is. That's how easy it is. But there's some fucking smart people that they devise this type of stuff. You know the mind I mean it somebody told me something when I was on the inside, and it made a lot of sense. Think of you took all your energies and put them into something good.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: well, there's some people that take their fucking energies the way you create a joke, we create the podcast and they just divert it into into whatever like I was telling my friend the other day about that thing I told you on the podcast, the people who invented the fake dildo. And they never invented anything. They just put a a picture of a dildo that spread water in your asshole and it put ice cubes and all this shit. It was impossible. But everybody in the country sent twenty nine ninety five for Where it. is this? This is fifteen years ago. Some really? company, ten years ago, some company some guy, some two young kids in college uh-huh. came up with a, a fucking a, a dildo that was small
0: uh-huh. that had
2: a little hose in the back that sprinkled water in your asshole while the thing was buzzing and, and flames shot out of it. It was just amazing. It <laughs> cleaned your car. It was $29.95. Guess what? What? They put, all they do was put an ad in Penthouse, you know, all those dirty magazines. Uh-huh. They got 100,000 orders. Everybody paid with a cash for twenty nine ninety five. They had nothing. What they did, remember I told you this? They took a check with a big black dick on it and sent it back to people. So in those days, there were no ATMs, so you had to go in and cash your check. Are you going to deposit a check for $29 <laughs> with a big black dick on it, I don't fucking think so. I think like three people did out of 100000 So these people ended up keeping, you know, 90000 times $30. Did they get in trouble? No! Oh, wow. Because wow. the people didn't cash a check. They didn't rob you. They sent you a check right, back. Right, right. But in those days, there was no ATM that you could just and go on with your way. You know what I'm saying? It's like the old days. You had to take a box cam and take pictures of your friend's dick and her pussy, whatever. And then you have to drop them off and then you get the pictures and everybody's laughing at you when you pick them up. Those days are over with now. We got laser printers and all that shit, yeah. right? You take a picture of your pussy, you press a button, zzz, there it is, right? The privacy <laughs> y'all know. I never took hey, a picture a of somebody's pussy, but really, I'm just saying. you never
1: took a picture of somebody's pussy? I never pussy?
2: did no, no sex. T- I, I wouldn't have the heart to ask, you know?
1: Have you ever taken a picture of your own dick?
2: I think so. I think a girl took a picture of my dick once as a joke. You and, know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: And was it hard? Was it soft?
2: It was hard. Why would you take a picture of a soft fucking dick? That's like, I
1: don't know. The conversations That's we like taking a picture of an empty fucking know. pool.
2: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> would you take a picture of an empty pool, for these
1: People probably take pictures Not, of empty because pools. Because they're fucking
2: mobos. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Not because they got anything on the ball. <laughs> that is amazing. I would never have the heart to, as fucking crazy and as fucking disgusting as I am, I would never have the heart to put a camera up and tape a chick while she was sucking my dick. I'm not that type of... I don't have that type of patois. If she was a dirty, fucking filthy animal, I would ask her. As a matter of fact, I'm lying to you. I did have a chick suck my dick on tape one night (laughs) at Mike Faberman's house, but she wanted to do it. She wanted to do it. Really? Yeah.
1: And did it show your face or just her face? I think it
2: just showed her face. We were playing like I was President Clinton at the time. (laughs) 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 This was a fucking weirdo at the store she came to the store on a Sunday night and she was hotter than hot Felicia the glasses the big fake tits the nice ass tan she said she was a school teacher brown hair you know I looked at her I'm like she's not my league you know why am I even gonna talk to her? I'm gonna keep my little grandma coke you know what I'm saying like if this, <laughs> like if she was a coke snort or something I may get her, but I'm no danger she was up there making out with Mike Young on the stage and shit it was classic And then while Mike Young told her to get off the stage, she went and blew somebody else. I went back on the stage and ended up making out with Mike Young. that was the first night.
1: After she made out with Mike Young, after she blew someone up? Hysterical.
2: Hysterical. And then the second night, (laughs) I was not at the store. The second night was a Monday.
1: Does Mike Young still do comedy?
2: Yeah, he's still at the store. This was a Sunday night. That Monday night, I'm at my house, minding my own fucking business. And I'm like, man, i got to go get a bag of weed. At that time, I didn't have my license. And I went to my friend's house. And I go to my friend's house. And there's three comedians, my friend, and that chick, completely naked in the living room. She had fucked all four of them. And they're sitting around eating popcorn, watching a movie like nothing happened. She's got a towel around her pussy and stuff. I walk in like, what's going on? They're like, you remember? I'm like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, yeah, we just had a gangbang. I mean, it, this was something surreal. And the next really? thing you know, they're talking. I get the weed. And they're like, Joey, you want a fucking piece of this? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm all right. And she's like, you know what? I was in a... Uh, they started fucking around. Let's do an improv. Let's do you sucking a dick and all Please this stuff.
1: shut This up. is crazy. No. And she's like, okay.
2: It gets worse. I mean, she blew me, but I brought Ricky with me.
1: So you guys were doing uh, a gangbang and sketches at the same time? At the
2: same time. <laughs> so I get there, and they're doing They had already fucked her and stuff, and then we did a sketch like I was Mr. President, like I was the president, and she just sucked my dick. And at the end of it, she smelt my balls. She goes, your balls smell after you suck my dick that's like you know before you're supposed to say it to somebody before you suck that dick <laughs> why don't you go wash your ball I, I don't know what the thing was and, but it was funny the next night she went back to the store I was not there and she ended up fucking somebody from Saturday Night Live in a car like this was just the three days of just how long
1: ago was this?
2: this had to be 10, 11 years ago oh, yeah. this had to be this was before Terry this was right before right before Terry like uh, uh, um, two months before and
1: Terry and they videotaped it?
2: They videotaped it.
1: So there's a videotape? Who
2: knows? He said he lost
1: impersonating it. Impersonating Clinton getting a blowjob? Yeah.
2: He said he lost it. He taped over it or something. It was years ago. It was fucking crazy, this poor girl. And here's the crazy thing about it. What kind of
1: lines would you say when you were Clinton? Who the
2: fuck knows? Well, I just want to know how your impression of Clinton goes. I didn't say. I didn't even impersonate him. You don't know. you didn't
1: even hold up his thumbs like how he does when he makes a point.
2: No, 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 (laughs) no. She's like, Mr. President, I want to suck your dick or something. That that was the sketch. That was it. (laughs) I just sat there and got my dick (laughs) sucked. You know me. I'm a fucking method actor. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not breaking away from (laughs) nothing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what the fuck? But I've never done a tape with people. Like, I could never ask a woman to take a picture of a pussy or take a picture of her from behind, even though it's a great picture. Really? I've
1: asked a guy to take a picture of his thing.
2: Really? Oh, oh yeah. I know you have. How many pictures um, you got in your wall then?
1: In my what? In and my your, phone? In
2: your, how many pictures do you have in your hidden compartment?
1: Uh, quite a bit. Quite a bit. I figured yeah. that. yeah. Oh. Actually, I d- I don't save them all, and then and then the guys always say, make sure you erase it, and I never erase them. <laughs>
2: fuck no, you show your friends and shit at parties. But you know
1: what? Who? The thing is, they're they're not showing their faces, you know. They're not showing. So their So you would faces. let somebody
2: take a picture of your pussy without your face?
1: Oh no 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 no. All right,
2: no. Yeah, I take yeah. a picture of your yeah. snatch right now. I don't give a fuck. No no no. no. You, we'll, we'll put it on the on you know, the beast web and for yeah. a piece of banana bread, a contest. Guess who's pussy it is? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> funny because when we do the podcast sometimes we do them and then we drop them and then people enjoy them and we move on but when we leave you always leave like you're like fuck I didn't mention that
1: you know uh, yeah, yeah. and
2: then, you, and, and then you, you you can't tell the story over because people uh, listen and they go oh he told that story already or we told that situation or whatever we mentioned the. and it's funny yesterday when I left here Ari was in a bind so I had to go by Ari's and do his podcast and he talked about prison And I was thinking about how you were saying one time that, Jesus, you know, Terry put up with you for all those years. And I'm like, Terry did nothing. Terry did nothing. Terry's a sweetheart of a woman. And I always thought about how the type of person I didn't want to be. I didn't want to drag people into my life. I I was never one of those people that, you know, people that are fucked up, but they drag people in with them.
0: Mm -hmm. I never
2: liked that shit. You have a problem, do it yourself. When you get your shit together, come back and we can hang out. But you can't have a relationship with people. And half the time you're in jail or if their phone's ringing and you need bail money, it just gets on people's last fucking nerve. Especially a woman, you know. No matter how much they fucking love you. After a while, they're like, dog, this has to come to an end. I can't keep doing this every week. So I never really put Terry through that angle. And I never really put anybody, like my early friends growing up, yeah, I tortured them a little bit. But, you, you know, I was thinking last night, me and I were talking about crimes and stuff. I went on, like, a tear for a while. And it was the weirdest tear because I had so much to lose, but I didn't give a fuck. And that's when you really check yourself, when you're like, fuck. Here, I thought I would stop doing dumb shit when I had a family or something. But it, with me, it was the opposite. It was, I went on a fucking tear. And there was a moment when I got out of prison, and I was in a halfway house, and she got pregnant. We've never discussed it on this show that when my ex-wife got pregnant, like, I lost my fucking mind. Like, I hate being painted against the corner, mm-hmm. and that's what I felt like in my head. Like,
1: Oh, I know. You do not like
2: that <clears throat> in, in any
1: kind of form. But
2: it's weird when I've never been painted against a corner. You paint yourself into a corner nine out of ten times. You just put this added pressure on yourself. We all do. at right? different mm-hmm. situations of our lives. And then you look back later on it and go, was it fucking worth it? It was no worries. I had insurance. But in my mind at that time, I kept thinking that I was going to be broke. And I would just went on a tear. So I had a day job. I sold drugs. I loaned shark money. I fucking stole shit. I curbed cars. Which is when you sell cars illegally. Oh, really? <clears throat> I used to curb fucking cars, Felicia with school money. So I would sign up for the University of Colorado for 18 credits like my buddy taught me Uh and then I would drop to 9 credits part time and take the rest of that Pell Grant and that Plus Loan and all the loans they would give me and I would come to you and say, Felicia, what do you want for your car? And you'd say, well, I want 10 but I'll take 987 cash. So I would go home and take your car without your knowledge and put an ad in the paper. Like, put an ad in a weird paper, like a different paper. Uh-huh. I was great at it. Real quick, I had accounts on all these weird papers in Wyoming and shit, the Wyoming Gazette. This is fucking crazy. I have never talked <laughs> about this shit. And I would put the ad out, in the uh-huh. paper for your car, but I would put it out at Make Offer. And somebody would call me within an hour and go, hey, I live in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. What is the interior? It's mint, blah, blah, blah. Everything's deciding on final expansion. I'm not here to rob nobody, which I never was a thief. I never changed speedometers. That wasn't my bag. I just knew that there was a living hustling people with cars. Uh-huh. Like, Felicia, you want 9000 but I got $8,700. I got an idiot up the corner that wants 9100 even if I had a chance of making four hundred dollars in a day, uh-huh. that's four hundred fucking dollars. Right. Twenty years ago, that's a lot of fucking money. Five right. times four, that's two thousand yeah. dollars a week. That's eight grand the fucking month. Tax that's free. ninety-six thousand a year. Tax free. Tax free. That nobody knew about. But you can't curb cars unless you have, you can only curb two a year or three a year. They know.
1: Oh really? So you have
2: to use other people. So I would have to use like your son's or your identification. Uh-huh. And I would say, guess what, Felicia, you're a car owner today, and you'll like, go. Oh. And I'd give you 200 cash and you wouldn't give a fuck. It would Nothing. It would never yeah. come back to you because you know it was legit. I just curbed cars. Did you know that? Uh-uh. I curb cars. So
1: then people would say they would want the car and then you would go back to the guy who has the car and what would you do? Would, you wouldn't steal the car, right?
2: No, I'd give him the cash he wanted. Oh, right. Or I'd take the guy's cash that he uh-huh. gave me. All I'd do is... I mean, it's so fucking easy.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a little bit of driving and you got to do some title work and stuff. But... So I got to go from here to... Crenshaw and pick up a car, okay, you meet me over here on the corner over here. give me a certified check
1: so let me so tell me after your wife gets pregnant uh uh ha, what was a typical day when you wake up at the halfway house
2: a typical day at the halfway house. you ready for this? You're gonna uh-huh. fucking die, okay, a typical day at the halfway house I get up about seven. And I'd uh, run. I'd run on Boulder Reservoir, the path.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I'd go back to the halfway house and take a shower and take orders for blow.
1: And, and how my- old were you at this time?
2: Let's do the fucking math, you know. 25, okay. 24. So I would get up, go to the ha- uh, go to for a run, 25, 26, go for a run, and then go back to the halfway house switch into a suit. Even if I didn't have to go to work till two or three, I'd switch into a suit. This was the first time I was in the halfway house. We got some fucking wild shit here, so you, I'd go into a suit, and let's say I wouldn't have to be in by two. That's when I would do all my running around for the blow in that suit. They would, I would have to sign out to an address and a phone number. So if they would call the dealer, the dealer would say Joey's here, but he's on a demo ride.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We'll have him call you when he gets back, and I had a pager. They would page me and say, the halfway house is looking for you. So I'd pull over to a payphone, any payphone, and go, Joe Diaz, what's happening? Oh, we're looking for you. Where are you at? Give us the number you're at. And they call back, and that was it. They knew I didn't have a residence. I was always on demo drives. Mm-hmm. So I could be fucking selling blow. So I'd have to be until 2. So from breakfast, I would go every morning to the Harvest restaurant and bowl to the best. Get the Swiss granola with the Harvest iced tea. Mwah! and that would in my mind erase the cocaine in my system. You know what I'm saying? Like this will get me healthy. The run and this will get me healthy.
1: This is your crunchy granola. This is a uh, crunchy granola part of your life, right? This is
2: pre-fucking wedding. This yeah. is pre-wedding when I'm trying to put away money. And then I would go to Mitsubishi and work, and at the time they had the the Eclipse was the hottest car in America, and I was selling those at sticker. People were calling you from London. Yeah. Hey man, I want to rave Eclipse. I got it, but it's sticker and you gotta pay for shipping. And people would just not even see the car. So I don't see why and money. It was amazing. So I would sell a bunch of those. I would curb cars. I would take a course at night sometimes, but I didn't have to be until midnight. I talked to halfway house, I didn't have to be until midnight. I was level four, yeah. So
1: what time were most people having to be in nine. Oh really? And I
2: was in midnight and I didn't and I could sign out at six. All I had to be with there was six hours a day. I had them down to a science. But in the meantime, a weight in the Coke, it would go through your system. It goes through your skin. So I uh-huh. gave him a hot UA and shit. But then I got married and got out. I got married, went on the honeymoon, got out, did blow. And then I fucked with them for months. For three or four months, that's when I put the fucking pool cleaner on my dick and tried to <laughs> piss in the fucking thing. I forgot about that. I put the Drano on my dick and pissed in the fucking about thing. That, yeah. that was that thing. Yeah. So in like October, they put me back in the halfway house. Because I, they know I'm selling blow, they uh-huh. they fucking feel it. They know it. <laughs> they know that the tests are coming up weird. Like yeah. I'm, I'm having small amounts and shit. So they they write me a letter and they say they're gonna violate my community corrections, and they could have sent me back to prison. Here's my wife, six months pregnant. They're like talking about sending me back to prison, and we had to go all to the courtroom and just say fuck it. He's gonna go back into the halfway house. So they put me back into the halfway house for three months, and those. Were the scamiest fucking three months of my fucking life. Why? Because I didn't sell cars now. I told them I was detailing cars and I got all their calls to my pager. So I would sign out to my fucking pager. I had nowhere to go. I would just get up in the morning, get in my car and say bye and leave. And I go to a dealer and hang out, like a car dealer uh-huh. and hang out. And then I go to like people's houses and smoke dope and sell coke. I was gone all day. It was fucking amazing. That's when I really got into curbing cars. Yeah. I really got into it because it was very easy. You don't have to do no work. I like my days. Even before comedy, I love my fucking days. I hated working my days. So I just fucking worked for myself. That was it. And I had this little garage on Canyon. That was my headquarters. I paid thirty-five a month for this little <laughs> garage. And in that garage I had a I had a I had a punching bag. I had a weightlifting. Bench. I had some weights. I had some dumbbells. I had a jump rope. I had a, a ghetto blaster. I had rolling paper and weeds. Do you know how many girls I slept with in that fucking gym? Do you have any idea from that halfway house?
1: Re- oh, from the halfway from house. From the halfway house. Oh, really?
2: Because they had girls on the bottom floor. Uh-huh. It was fucking crazy. It was fucking crazy the things I did in that office. I had that office like for way before I went to prison uh-huh. because it was a garage for rent the guy wanted $35 $35 bucks, I love all that shit a garage a little getaway I would open it and close it fucking lock it and I would just sit in there and lift weights and smoke dope <laughs> by myself it was in an alleyway so nobody knew I was in there, in yeah. there. it was just amazing that and, and here's the funny thing they put me in the halfway house Till and I was telling Ari this I go Ari it was one thing after the other there was never a dull moment at that time. Every day there was excitement at that house. So here she is married to me. Uh-huh. She has a job like three days a week. I would leave the halfway house at 6 or 7 and just go home. And she was pregnant. and I'd hang out with her in the morning. She'd be furious. She'd go to work and i stay at home and do whatever the fuck I had to do. Wake, coke, whatever the fuck angle I was doing. And then... She'd come home at night. We'd eat dinner, and I'd go back to the halfway house at night. So it was horrible. Here she is, seven months pregnant, eight months pregnant. You have no fucking idea. And the guilt and the fucking they put you through, you know. But it's really funny because (laughs) this whole time, I'm not doing blow, but I'm selling blow. Yeah. And she knows.
1: wasn't that hard not to do blow as you're you're selling? At
2: that point, I just wanted to get through this sentence and get it over with. Yeah. but i didn't want to stop selling blow i had such a little lucrative little i didn't sell blow in bars nothing like that i had four customers i had one guy that bought a half ounce one guy bought an eighth one guy bought another eighth and i just buy an ounce sell it and then take the rest and give it away i just make like a thousand bucks and i'd sell it at the halfway house or give it away so let say they want an eighth ball It wasn't like I was selling half grams on the street and people were calling me. No, I just had certain people that just dealt with me. I had this little Mexican gangbang and I always bought coke for me, like half ounces every three days. So he had me on the payroll. I I would just go to somebody, pick it up, and bring it to him. That's it. There was no drama. It was just known. Even if I didn't have the cash, I'd go to the guy bring it and then bring them the cash back. So it was just a part of my day. And it was such a weird fucking lifestyle, Felicia, to wake up in the morning and have zero and know that your whole lifestyle is banked off of criminal fucking enterprises. Like beside the car sales yeah. It really wasn't criminal. It was legit. But that was how I got around and did all my shit. I had a friend on the East Coast that worked for UPS then. And he was robbing the UPS trucks. And he couldn't sell the shit in Jersey. So he would UPS it to me in Colorado. And I would sell the shit for him and then send him the money back. I mean, Felicia didn't end. And then they let me out of the halfway house February 2nd. Her due date is like the 9th or something like that. They let me out in the second. And it's a huge snowstorm. I'm talking about one of those Colorado fucking two-foot snowstorms that just hits out of nowhere. You wake up that morning and the flakes get bigger and bigger. I'm saying this because people have no fucking idea, and this leads to a story. You know those big motherfucking flakes that all of a sudden the sky turns gray Uh, in Colorado, and you're like, what the fuck? It was 60 an hour ago. A lot of people don't know about those. This is how it is in Colorado. When I got out of the halfway house, it was beautiful and sunny. And my wife was nine nine months pregnant, and we went to this... uh, Uh, New Orleans type place in Boulder Lucille's it's only Uh open for breakfast and lunch tremendous They had the bayonets with the fucking oh, tremendous with three eggs So the spicy food must have fucked her up So we went back home and between me just getting out of the halfway house and shit Just the stress we both fell asleep. I basically woke up like when I went to bed It was 60 degrees at 11 in the morning when I woke up that night, there was a foot and a half of fucking snow. It was one of those, co- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. You can't describe yeah. it to people unless they lived in Colorado. Yeah. Like, You go to bed and you wake up like, oh, I'm going to take a walk. And you're like, what the fuck happened? And it was one of those. And she's like, my water broke.
0: Oh. This is to
2: top everything <laughs> off. Right. This is like the top. I, I, this is how much bad luck I had on me. It was such a bad chain of karma. I was doing so many bad things. I was chucking and jiving, Felicia. I was the king of it at this time. Yeah. I was chucking and jiving. I was not going to pay my debt to society. Don't worry about it. Ba, 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 ba. I just got out of the halfway house. Her water breaks. I'll never forget this. I go outside. It's a foot and a half of snow. She's in the back going, uh, uh, well, uh. I mean, she's you know. no, about to pass another I'm not feeling bad. I'm just, to add to the story, And like, I go outside, Felicia, and you dig your car out. Yeah. You clean the windshields off. You start it up. You clean the ice, the whole thing. You got to dig it out. You got a foot in Yeah, a half. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you got to get in the fucking car, start it, and then back it up a little bit and dig it. I mean, there's two feet of fucking snow. And as I and I pull the car out, and I go inside to get my wife, and as I pull out, some guy, the neighbor from upstairs, uh-huh. is trying to go into the parking spot. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, go, I just dug this out. My wife had a baby. No, I just cleaned this out. It said that I'm the bottom one. And he goes, Fuck you, motherfucker. And he spits at me.
0: No, I'm out of the halfway house. No. I'm out of the halfway house
2: for <laughs> fucking 24 hours. This is why I know about the kiss of death when I talk about Chael Sonnen <laughs> that you had to do something bad to have this. Like, that means you never stop. Like, you just, your whole day is committed to scamming. So I'll never forget this guy spits at me. And I look at him, like, I'm out of the halfway house, and I'm like, this just didn't happen. I go up to him, I go, what the fuck is your problem? And he closes up the window. So he turns off the car, and he gets in. He goes, that's my problem, bitch. I'm taking this parking spot. And he was one of these guys that was crazy at night. would walk around all night and shit. Oh,
0: really? So I didn't know
2: what to expect. I hold off and fucking smack him in the face with everything I got, with a full fucking thing. Bam! And we start going at it in the ice. And let me tell you something, Felicia. I mis-fucked uh, up my foot. And I slipped, and this motherfucker was punching the shit out of me. I'm on the bottom, and he's punching the fuck out of me. And I could feel my head hitting the fucking ice. Oh, I had wow. snow in my face like we were wrestling in the snow. It was getting into my neck. It was cold out. He's punching me, but one of the punches he threw, I caught his arm. This is way before jujitsu and all of this shit. Uh-huh. I caught his arm, I must have thrown him off balance, and he slips. So I get on top of him, and I'm fucking pounding him now. And I can see the blood coming out of his fucking mm. ear, and I'm pounding him. And as I'm fucking pounding him, I hear one, and I look up, and there's two fucking cop cars with their lights on. And I'm like, ain't this a bitch? I'm going to go to jail, and my wife's giving fucking birth. This, this is never going to end. Yeah. This is, this, my life is never going to fucking end. And they get out, they pick me up, they throw me against the car, and they throw him against the car, and all of oh, a sudden, so a third cop car comes. And it's this big guy that I had known from the car wash. I used to work at a car wash Mm -hmm. in Boulder, And he goes, Joey? And I go, yeah. He goes, "What what the fuck's going on here? And all of a sudden, he got to me first. Thank God. They got to me first. And they're like, what happened? I go, bro, my wife's giving birth. Her water fucking broke. And this dumb fuck, this is a complicated story. I go, this dumb fuck, I dig out. And this dumb fuck spits at me. And he goes, if I had the chance, I'll spit again. Ah! So now I got him. Because I'm already, he's already, now he's bleeding and shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to go to jail for assault. There's nothing I can do.
0: Yeah.
2: And they're like, Joey, what happened? So you you, you fucking went in the spot, you know? They're like trying to smooth it out. The other cop's like, this is an assault charge. And this cop's like, wait a second, dog, this guy's a good guy. Let's just smooth this thing out, you know? And they're like, what happened? And, they're, and the guy's being a jerk-off to the cops. And they're like looking at this like, so here, I mean, I was going to jail, Felicia. If this guy would have been a decent Republican... I wouldn't be having this conversation with you right Right. now. But because he was a jerk off, Mm. the cops looked at him like, really? They had a huddle. They come back. They go, here's the deal. Both of you shake hands. I'll never forget this, Felicia. I put my hand out and the guy goes, I ain't shaking his fucking hand. And the cops look at him and they go, you know what? You weren't doing too good when we got here. We'll just let this beast on you again, motherfucker. Shake his fucking hand. And the guy shook my hand. And the cops are like, what address are you? And I go, I'm 14, whatever. You know why the cops came? Because my wife was moaning so loud and somebody thought I was killing her. They were coming to investigate domestic violence, that somebody had heard a woman moaning. I never told you about that? Oh, so the cops took her, put her in the cop car. I followed the cops and we all went to the hospital with the fucking sirens on. <laughs> 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 That's how you do it, motherfucker. She was wow. in the back going, yeah. oh. Oh back of the
1: car?
2: In the back of the house. Oh, so the, the window the was house. open Some, So
1: she didn't see you fighting
2: the guy. She didn't know nothing oh, about the God. fist fight. She knew <laughs> nothing about the fist really? fight. Nothing. <laughs> when I came in with blood on my hand, she's like, What happened? And I go, You're not gonna and, and that's what I'm saying. That poor girl went through three years of me leaving to go get bread, yeah. coming back eight hours later with a, a body a, uh, you know, yeah. that poor girl went through fucking hell. I know this story has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. But it's so weird how you asked me that and I forgot. Like, I was like, I never put nobody through hell. And I was like, yesterday when I was telling Ari. Oh, like,
1: that's why you're That's why, because story. I'm pissed
2: because you said that to me that day. And I, Terry did, went through nothing. Terry went through one bad night with me. The night I stayed out and then I called her at 5 in the afternoon. And she went to work and when she got home I was puking white on the carpet. Like, all the fucking pills and cut were starting to come out of me. And after i seen that, like, I never put it through that again. Yeah. Because you just can't put woman through that all the fucking time. Is that,
1: and then that happened while you were doing drugs? Yeah, that? that
2: happened, like, six months into us dating.
1: Oh, really?
2: I went home with her. I was having a great time. And at 4 o'clock, some people called. They're like, dog, we got a dropping over here, over on Curson. You either coming or you staying. I said, I'll be there in two minutes. That motherfucking... That At 5 when I left on Sunday afternoon, they were just ordering the fucking final ounce of blow.
1: So what did Terry say when you were tossing your cooks? Like, what did she think was going on? That night she didn't
2: say nothing to me.
1: But did she think she knew? The next
2: day. Terry's not the type of person that'll say something right away. She'll say something the next day or the day after. And she just said it. She goes, dog, what I seen, I didn't like what I seen. It was fucking terrible I never want to see it again. She goes, I don't deserve it. And you're right. You don't. Nobody deserves that. You know? She goes, you want to do that shit, do it on your own fucking time. But don't get sick in my house like that. She goes, I didn't know what to do. It was like that white shit that comes out of you. When it's, and three, it was such a bad th- like night.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I
2: kept eating those Valiums. I kept popping them. They had a bowl full of them. So I kept eating those things with the Y in them. You have the old school with the Vs in them. <laughs> and it was so funny that three days later I was driving and I was still high on the Valium and I was at a light. I was like, what well, is this fucking feeling going to go away? And I was at a light in, in her neon. And I'm sitting at the light, and all of a sudden I could feel something coming up. And I'm like, am I going to get sick in the fucking car? This was three days later. And all of a sudden, Felicia, it's right here. And I put my hand on like this, like to look for something, because I'm at a light yeah. on fucking sunset. And I can't hold it. You know, like when you have a hose and you squeeze it, and all of a sudden it busts and little holes oh, start squirting. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, how it yeah. was out of my hand. No. So the puke squirted out like this, but the best was that one piece went right up oh, no. into the top of the thing. And after I cleaned it and everything, like ten minutes later, I'm sitting on a light, stinking like puke with the windows open, and all of a sudden one last drop oh. just fell on my fucking eyebrow.
0: <laughs> it that have... is
1: so disgusting. Oh. I hate when that happened. one time I when I was uh, just starting out doing comedy and I lived in West Hollywood in this huge apartment building that had underground parking and I was working at the comedy store and they used to make these long island iced teas that were quite delicious and uh, and I uh, opened my car door and I just threw up like a splat like you know And then for two years after, because it, like, it was such vile bile that it ate up at the concrete. And, like, for two years after that, I'd have to walk by and see the splat every time I would pull up or get in my car or drive off. It was, like, such a nightmare. You know,
2: know, that's why, that's one of the reasons why I don't really drink. Because it doesn't agree with me that I get sick. And I kept passing out and then getting sick in my sleep. I'm one of those guys. I got that bottom disease. It just doesn't agree with Uncle Joey. Like, there's nights I'm hanging out with you and all of a sudden everybody's drinking. I'm like, I wish I had a fucking Zambuca. Yeah. You know, as something as simple as a Zambuca, which doesn't do anything to you.
0: Yeah.
2: And I'll take a shot of it and put it away and I would go home. And the next morning I'd wake up into a room of fucking puke. One Zambuca. The other night in Irvine when I was working with those guys, look at man. I'm fucking 300 pounds. How many drugs did I do? How many joints do I smoke? I was craving, and the people on that hear this are going to fucking send me a dick to stick up my ass after I tell you this. I was craving an amaretto and milk.
1: Oh my God. Here's a dick right here. Have you a ever crave an amaretto
2: and milk? <laughs> Have you ever had an amaretto and milk on ice? No, no, no. Delicious, no, delicious. No, it's, no. Not kind of drinks, yeah. it's not about getting drunk. It's not about us. It's just yeah. about, it's a delicious, fruity, nutty drink. Say what you want. I don't give <laughs> a you know what I'm saying? It's just amaretto is <laughs> almonds, so it's a nutty little drink. <laughs> and amaretto and orange you ain't bad. If you just want to, sometimes you want to drink and not get hammered and be sociable.
0: Right.
2: So that's what it's called. They're called sociable, so you don't get fucking plastered after your third drink. We're trying to talk business. <gasps> and so yeah. I learned that in my mother's bar. My mother used to say, when people come in, I drink sociables, dog. Hers is Cointreau, uh, which is horrible, but it's delicious. Cointreau on the rocks is delicious. Ooh. Quantro, you ever have it? Yeah, you have it inside. It. Oh, you have it inside. I no, think.
0: I know. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's it.
2: why that day I drank it. I I yeah. could drink Quantro straight. Quantro is what you add when you know when you want to make a real margarita. When you want to be a little pussy and you want to add sweet and sour, three ounces. That go go, <laughs> go ahead with your bad self. But once you become a true fucking cocaine professional, and you don't want to miss no fucking nothing. Quantro is what you add to the fucking. Uh, what else is it? It's it's, it's uh, tequila. Cointreau and something else to a Grenadine? margarita. Grenadine or something. I don't know. I'm I not know. a bartender I'm not a no bartender, more. yeah. But I
1: know yeah. how to make a Cosmo. I put a little Cointreau in my Cosmo. Oh, please. Yeah.
2: Cointreau with fucking... Yeah.
1: But anyway. I don't, I don't know why people would drink it alone.
2: <laughs> so I fucking drink an amaretto milk. Do you know an hour later I got in the car and I was hitting the lines am the five? Like, that's how low my resistance is to alcohol.
1: Oh, really? Like, I
2: can't because I'm not a drinker. Yeah. But you give me three lines of Coke and you're booze fucking collection might be done
1: yeah
2: like I'm one of those guys you give me powder psh,
1: oh you can drink when you do yeah.
2: yeah oh please I'll d- all these people that say I can drink come come around me yeah cause you, I do those Budweiser 12 ounces one shot yeah <laughs> i do a line in a shot dog I'll do four of those before you can even blink and you're do like, it
1: one more time Joey <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow Oh, I get down with no you delay. Should do that.
1: You should do that next time you eat pussy. You should do that move right there. What the <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm touching myself. I'm touching myself. Finger <coughs> goes down.
2: You're <laughs> such a disgusting, filthy animal <laughs> on a Wednesday afternoon. You know what I'm saying? It's just so weird the, the things you think about. Now. And again, if you're young and you're listening to this shit, I don't want you to get involved, but when I talk about little things on Twitter and people get mad at me on Facebook, when I talk about Chael Sonnen or karma, people don't know that I am the king of that shit. And I know when shit's out of whack because you're doing something that's out of whack. When shit's out of whack in your life, it's because you're doing something that's out of whack.
1: But you know what Joy, I was talking to uh I, I told this to two people already now, uh because last week you had uh, said that your mom used to say if the deal sucks from the beginning, it's gonna suck Back at all the, the end. way through and I told two people I told the activity partner and my niece uh because uh, I thought I felt that was so powerful when you said that, you know, and it's true when you look at something and you're going through you know or you just meet someone and it's shitty in the beginning, you know what it's going to be shitty shitty at all the, the way end. fucking yeah,
2: through yeah. You know, sometimes, and we don't know it now. I mean, we know it now because you're older. But when you're 20 or 25 and you meet somebody and you're involved in a relationship early on, it fucks up. And here you are fighting to save this relationship for some reason unknown, maybe because they're good and bad or because they lick your ass. It's just something. And all of a sudden, years later, you're like, was it worth saving that fucking... It sucked from day one. It was a lie from day one. And have you ever seen, like, a relationship... You and I seen something one day that we both collaborate on. We're like, that's not a relationship. That's something weird, you know. You could spot it. A relationship is based on lies. It's not going to last. Yeah. You know, uh, I I like these people that have an affair with somebody. They cheat on somebody else, and then they hook up with that person and think everything's going to be fucking rosy.
0: Yeah.
2: I've never understood that one. You're like, so wait a second. You, this is your, what? How? Are you fucking kidding me? Seriously? And you think this is going to work from the beginning? Yeah. It sucked in the beginning. Isn't
1: it weird when you meet people that are a couple and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Because when I didn't do comedy, I worked at a digital capture firm. I think I might have talked about this before. But uh, we were going to go photograph or be the capture firm when the, the, this photographer photographed Brittany Murphy. And it turned out it was her husband and his, I think his name was Simon something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brittany uh, Murphy's husband. Yeah. Yeah, that
2: was a weird couple.
1: And 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 it was at the athletic club in Hollywood, which is, uh, they play pool and upstairs. No more, and, no more. Oh, really? It's gone, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was really like, a, it was kind of cool inside how they painted it or whatever. And he was photographing her. And I have to tell you, like, that that was fucked up. Like, their dynamic was so weird and and it was just that you know what I mean like when you meet certain people and you're like yeah something goofy is going on here. they
2: were ba- it was based on drugs their relationship it, was it like it was i don't know yeah I mean, it was so i
1: remember weird. he handed me a camera and i think he was shooting with a Hasselblad in it and tethered to the computer and i was one of the assistants and i take the camera and he smelled like coke and cheeseburgers to me, and, and the camera was all sweaty Cocaine like. Cocaine
2: and cheeseburgers? Yeah,
1: you know that smell when people yeah. Kennison used to smell like. Yeah. I can tell that smell because when I'm being at the comedy store in the old days, Keniston
2: used to
0: smell like, like that. No, that, that is a classic. <laughs> like, I know people I smell used like to it. smell yeah, like that. Like older, I bet
1: you did too when yeah, you were the, in the midst the pink, of it all. Yeah. Like it just smells goofy. And he handed me the camera, and it kind of. It, like, when when a bun- we left the premises after we packed up, and a lot of us were like, that was fucking weird, you know? That's such a weird day.
2: You could see it when a relationship is based on lies early on, like a promise is made or something and she sticks around and and it's just it it just it's or if people have a
1: shared a downfall you know they have a a vice that is shared between two people that's the worst that's really
2: weird and that's why I think Terry and I really work because Terry likes to drink I have nothing I don't like I like to smoke Terry doesn't even like the smell of it she doesn't she just tolerates it because it's around it's like you know lettuce you know what I'm saying I like drugs she doesn't I've been in relationships that didn't last at all when the chick was a cokehead and I was a cokehead. That's not going to work. And I yeah. knew that. That's not going to work.
1: No, that can't work. Oh, or even sure, two yeah. drunks is not yeah, going to yeah, work. That can't that work. That lasts for a long I've time. Two people that smoke pot.
2: Yeah, because nobody gives a fuck. You want to suck my dick? Not really. Okay, I'll just smoke <laughs> another joint. You know? I mean, you know.
1: Pot as birth control.
2: <laughs> it's so weird how some people smoke pot and they just smoke pot and then some people are heads. And it's a really. It, it bothers me that there's a big difference, you know?
1: Like, what do and you think the difference is?
2: Somebody does it recreationally and talks about it, and then there's heads that you know a head. You could tell a head. You could, their whole demeanor about weed, they don't talk about it. They know if you need weed, like, they'll look at you and go, you need weed, and you're like, what are you talking about? How'd you know? I could just know. And they give you a bud to go. There's different people <laughs> that are just sympathetic to the head need, you know what, uh-huh. what I'm saying? And you could just tell sometimes that just... I don't even know how we got on this. Yeah,
1: com- people that go, this bud's for you. Yeah,
2: and you're like, how, how'd you know? You know, and everybody has saved your life once in a fucking while with weed, you know, like when you least expect it, somebody is giving you. But I don't even know how we got in this
0: conversation. Well,
1: I would like to say if uh, people would like to email us, because we have the best emailers on the planet. Always, and, always. Uh, you can email us at Beauty and the Beast Podcast
2: At com.
1: That would be lovely. And anything else would you like to add?
2: Not really. I'm all right.
1: Oh, I wanted to talk about uh, when I was in Canada that I was walking around. It's the biggest mall on the planet. Um, It used to be the biggest mall in Edmonton, uh, where the club is and uh, and they, they used to have dolphins in this mall, and Edmonton is middle fucking Canada, and they used to have dolphins in the mall, and I remember when I went there like 15 years ago to play, and I used to watch the dolphins, and I would think, God damn it, those dolphins knew how far the real fucking water was, they would have anxiety attacks, or the left flipper would go numb, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they would just freak out, and sure enough, I guess uh, quite a few of the dolphins died, and now they have uh, sea lions or something like that, but but it's the biggest mall ever on the planet, and I'm walking around it, and uh, I think there's a mall in Dubai that's bigger. And this guy walks by, and he's like, "Felicia," and I'm like, "What?" And he's like. Uh, yeah, Beauty and the Beast right and I'm like yeah and it's this young kid Justin and he's like oh I was just walking around and blah 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 blah. and I'm going to the show and I put him on the list. and uh, He emailed you. Yeah it was he really cool. You. He was one of our emailers. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Justin and uh, that was so uh, that was my first experience with being recognized in a different country uh, from Beauty and the Beast. And It's I amazing.
2: I want to say amazing. thank
1: you Justin and, and then quite a few other people came out from uh, the podcast. I'm going to actually be in Minneapolis. In the second or third week of uh, August. What's the name of the club? Uh, The House of Comedy. House of Comedy. Rick Bronson's House of Comedy.
2: It's really weird that we're getting to meet you people. Like I said, the story last week about Monkey Todd. We're getting to meet you people in the weirdest way. This is like an extension of the Pen Pal 2013. And uh, I appreciate all you people, whether you come to shows or not or whatever, just communicate with us on Twitter or Facebook or just listen to the podcast and get something out of it thank you very much for being there
1: and you know what the funniest part is when people come up to you they're like yeah we listen to beauty and the beast and they look at you and it's like young guys or something and i'm like oh my god they know exactly how i like my pussy to be eaten they know everything about me they're trained
2: they're trained
1: (laughs) and they're just looking at me like there she is she likes you know little lick little lick little lick big lick it's it's
2: just an amazing fucking thing that uh Through a podcast, we got to meet so many cool people and have different conversations with different people. It it just blows my mind where this is going. So I'd like to thank all you motherfuckers. and Thank you for listening.
1: Yes, thank you.
2: And we'll talk to you next week. Stay black.
1: This one's for Justin. (laughs)